Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. All right, there we go. I think we're okay. Perfect. Uh, well, I figure we have a few options for this episode. Unless you have a specific thing in mind, I figure we can do uh, a nerdy episode and finish reviewing uh, Batman Unburied, if you finished it. I did. And uh, I don't know if you started Kenobi. I did. Oh. But uh, I mostly just want to talk about episode three of Kenobi. When Vader uh, <laughs> Vader became a badass again, but but we don't have to do that. We can do. I have a little bit of time, of course, uh, and we can ta- tackle anything you want. Oh, I I'd say we go with a, a full nerd episode. Perfect. Um, the the only thing I'll say is uh, I listened to a podcast the other day. Um, I listened to a podcast called Stuff You Should Know. It's pretty popular, mm-hmm. and they did one on. Um, the church of satan oh and i thought holy shit i think i'm a satanist (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can we can bridge that topic some other time (laughs) yeah anton levey would not be happy if with you if you said that you're you're not anton (laughs) levey speed um (laughs) I've read the uh, the Book of Satan, like the Satanic Bible. Yeah, funniest shit in the world, man. Like, like that is that is some, that is a good holy book. It really, really gets you going. It makes you laugh because it's like you know, it's the first half of it is um, essentially Anton Lavey's like sayings, right? Like his teachings, and right. they're fine. You know, it's it's your run of the mill, you know, somewhat ethical hedonism, right? Like, you know, but, but the thing is, is that he, he's, he's such a dork. He's such a dork. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean. It it seems, it it seems like it's like, he, he seems a little like L. Ron Hubbardy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some of the tenants from the, from the church of Satan are like, well, they're just libertarians, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's libertarians with ghosts, you know, like like it's liber- it's libertarians with 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 magic. Um, yeah, but if you get yeah. rid of the magic stuff, I'm on board for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, sure, right. But no, I get it. You know, it's it's a it's a perfectly non-social <laughs> way of thinking about the world um, that that I think is is fine. Whatever. I've met a Satanist or two, and they're fine. You know, I have no I have no problem with them. Um, but but what makes it, what makes the first half of the Satanic Bible dorky is he can't just talk normal, you know. Like he's clearly like, "Ooh, I'm writing a Bible," you know. And so like there right. are moments where he's he does thee and thou for no reason, or like or like right. he 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 calls a person's house their lair, and I'm like, "Yes, all right." You know, whatever. You know, but then the other half of it is <laughs> well, it was like, the sixties, man. What do you? It was the sixties. You're right. But, but the other half of the Satanic Bible are like incantations. You know, like oh, well, right. here's a curse, and 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 it's just it's like it's like Anton Lavey like shoved his face on the keyboard and rolled around, and then was like, here you go, here's your incantation. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, and so for me, I go, yeah. On one hand, good job making money. I think that's smart. Uh, on, on the other hand, I, I have to chuckle, you know. 
Um, there's a Satanist that I don't follow on Twitter, but I follow a theologian who a Satanist follows. Um, I can't think of his name. He he comments a ton on on this theologian's feed, and uh, and and he's just like he just thinks the world of this theologian, this sat this sat Satanist is just like, yeah, man. Every Christian theologian would be like, this guy, this guy gets it. And David Dark is his name. David David Dark is theologian. He's like, thanks. You know, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever, brother. You know. Well, if you're going to be a satanic theologian, you should definitely be named David Dark. That's <laughs> David Dark. Yeah, right, Anton, right Anton on Le, point. That's right. Anton LaVey's like, shit, I should have been named David Dark. <laughs> you know, general, I'm a bad guy. You know, no, that's that's good stuff. I do. I love I love that fun stuff. That's good. Shit. No, but it, it got me thinking because it got me thinking about it because I was watching the, the new episodes of Stranger Things. And oh, I'm yeah. a big Stranger Things fan. And uh, like Maddie was watching Stranger Things with me. Now, Maddie's seven for the listeners mm -hmm. um so it's probably not you know dad of the year award type things that i'm going to get for letting her watch strangers things but we watched the first three uh first three seasons together and it's it's scary but it's not like it's not like super super scary and maddie's sure. kind of evolved enough and intelligent enough to understand that it's fictionalized and that like she gets some of the some of the, she misses some of the other themes some of the darker themes go above her head and she's more mm -hmm. interested in just looking at the scary monsters and stuff which is all fine but for those of you have you seen any of the fourth season i we haven't had time to like kind of sit and watch it yet i haven't heard it a ton is about it. it is way different mm. um in terms of tone and in terms of horror than the first three seasons i mean this one's way darker and way wow. scarier it's got a very it's got a very Nightmare on Elm Street kind of feel to it. Oh, okay. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's cool. It's really cool, but it's not something I'm going to let my seven-year-old watch. I mean, the first episode is all about like there's dead children everywhere, and I mean, it's pretty gruesome. And yeah. it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, not that the other ones were kid-friendly, sure. but it, they weren't. They weren't horribly gory. But this right. one was. It's pretty like it's pretty, pretty violent, pretty gory. Um, mm. Still good storytelling. I'm really. I really think it's done well. I think it's, I haven't gotten the whole way through all, I think there's seven episodes that it, they've released, but one of the characters in it, it center, centers around uh, the, the boys uh, have joined this group called Hellfire, which is a uh, uh, D and D group. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the leader of this Hellfire group, he's like a senior in high school. He's one of these badass kids that like, you know, he's the unpopular, the, the, like the opposite of the jocks, the opposite of, you know, uh, but he plays D and D and he's into heavy metal and he wears a DO jacket. And like, right. he's always throwing up the devil horns and everybody thinks he's a Satanist, but he's actually just, he's a pretty cool dude. He's just kind of misunderstood. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it conformed at the same time that I was driving to work, listening to this uh, podcast. And I was like, oh, I wonder what the, church of satan's really all about but i started reading some of this stuff and i was like holy shit <laughs> right. i might be a satanist <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 like uh it's not there there are i guess a group of people and who knows how serious they are who are like theistic satanists who like who well, would say i think the whole say, point of from what i've what i've what i've done in this 
meager research in the last sure. couple of days that I've done. It, it seems like they're just people that like to be provocative. They're kind of yeah, like yeah. Republicans in a way. They just they just like yeah. to stick it in the eye of people. You know, whenever they see a an evangelical group that wants to put the Ten Commandments on a courthouse, they are, they're like, OK, well, instead of like revolting against the Ten Commandments, we'll just put up our Ten Commandments, too. And then, of course, everybody, whoa, whoa, we can't have the Satanic Temple. Haven't they? So therefore, right. none of it is up there. And they use it as a device to like get under people's skin more than anything. Oh, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> And that's needed. That's that's very much needed. I I love the you know ultimately the Church of Satan is like so many things like this is a response to evangelicals. You know, it's yeah. a response. It's it's almost never a response to say um, you know like like ancient expressions of Christian thought, right? Like mm -hmm. nobody's nobody's reading Gregory of Nyssa and going, this man needs to be stopped. You know, like, like no. nobody's, nobody's doing that, you know, right. They should do it for the evangelicals. Um, but, but yeah, they deserve it. They always deserve it. Nobody's so like the, the church of Satan isn't coming after the black church, not coming after Martin Luther King jr. <laughs> you know, they're coming after, they're, they're not even coming after the church with a capital C. They're just, they're right. just, they're just, you know, fucking with people that are fucking with them. Uh, you know anybody sure. that wants to moralize and like uh and, and kind of press their opinions on others that seems to be what they they rebel against and then there's like weird ritual magic too which yeah, i don't understand that yeah but, that's kind of but have you have you you've read the 11 like rules of the satanic church yeah i couldn't name them for you i read them in seminary you well know. i have them so check yeah. this out <laughs> rule one this this could go this could work so well. We need more Satanists in the United States right now. Rule number one: Do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Well, that would be helpful. <laughs> Isn't that a great rule? That's a great first <laughs> rule. That's a great first rule. Do not tell your troubles to others unless you're sure they want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your lair thing. When in another's lair, show him respect, or else do not go there. <laughs> If a guest in your lair annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. Yeah, I remember that one. That's a funny one. That really makes me laugh. That really makes me laugh. And that, that just sounds like that nerdy kid that got like picked on in high school. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the perfect hex on somebody, you know, like I will get you with my voodoo doll or something. Yeah. Right? Scary. Do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. <laughs> So he, can't even, he can't so, even do it. He can't even do that right. Like, <laughs> so 60s, man. So 60s. Do not take that which does not belong to you unless the, the it is a burden to another person and he cries out to be relieved. Hmm. Acknowledge the power of magic. If you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires, if you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. Hmm. Do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Do not harm little children. But that's in there. The, the oh. whole satanic panic thing's a little off there. Do not kill non-human animals. You can kill human animals. <laughs> right, right. That's different. Do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. And when walking in open ter territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. Destroy <laughs> him. Yeah, I remember that one too. That's a good one. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's like a, that's like seven pretty good rules. <laughs> I kind of I have to agree. They're they're high level. They're high. The, the the destroy the one who annoys you is a yeah. I mean, sure. 
Like I, I, I guess <laughs> remember the 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 guiding principle, Matt, and listeners who who listen. The guiding principle of all evangelical Christians is resentment. Right. They they hate the fact that nobody likes them. <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> they can't stand it. And not only do they hate the fact that nobody likes them, they hate even more that their ideas suck. Yeah. And, and and it shows time and time again that they suck. That's why they have to cheat in order to get their ideas to pass. Because if they if they were just it, it's like the whole you know we're in Pride Month, right? Like it's the whole um, why do evangelicals constantly um, need to disrupt like queer folks all the time? Why do they need to constantly be not only bitches to them but like constantly try to fuck with it the whole thing and ruin it and regulate it? Well, it's because, and they would never put it this way, it's because deep down they know that it's no fun being perfectly straight. <laughs> it's, they know it. They know it. They know that their sexual ethic is a load of bullshit. And they know it. They know it. They know it because they all masturbate to the same porn, you know, and, and they all have the same fantasies, men and women, like, like, and and none of that is bad. My my mentor Kirkland, my pastoral mentor from DC, used to say um, sometimes that if you notice, the only people that are are getting in trouble for like having secret gay affairs or like touching children or like doing all these horrible things are these bizarre conservative evangelicals who spend their whole day thinking about gay sex. Like, like yeah. that's all that they do. <laughs> that's the only thing they do. If they were to just stop, <laughs> then maybe, yeah. maybe they'd have normal lives and, and productive yeah. marriages and, and we when and it'd be okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Rub one out every once in a while. Maybe you won't feel like going to shooting up a school. <laughs> that might be good you know that might be fine like like oh i hate black people do you hate black people or do you kind of think they're hot it's okay <laughs> you know like like just admit it it's not a big deal oh man and that's why the satanists that's why vote, things like that exist right because they look at that and they go fuck you guys you guys are terrible yeah. you guys are nuts you know yeah. and i and i must and it, it's so easy it's so easy to get them the evangelical world fired up you know oh, yeah. <laughs> to is put up a goat statue and they lose their fucking minds and it's perfect it's exactly. the perfect way to get under their skin and just drive them bonkers and and to use sort of their own tactic it's tactics against them like whenever they decide that they want to you know have state sanctioned religion which is enshrined in our constitution that you can't have mm. they they just okay well then we'll have a religion too and we'll do something opposite of what you want and you can't stop us and then suddenly none of it's there which is the way it's supposed to be which is what they want anyway they don't give a shit about a goat statue right <laughs> right Next, you know? that, that's exactly right that's exactly right the only people the only people that want to impose their entire worldview on you are the people who believe that they are at the cornerstone of Western civilization, <laughs> you know, and, and they, for whatever reason are the evangelicals. And it is, it is constantly baffling the same weird uh, cognitive dissonance you feel when you look at somebody who is in the KKK and you're like, that's the master race. That's, <laughs> that's what you think that that's the same feeling you have. When you listen to an evangelical pastor say something bananas like, we are here to help save Western civilization. And I'm like, you think you're Aristotle? 
Like, like, what are you talking about, brother? Like, like you're fucked. You're totally <laughs> fucked in the brain. You know, like, like, well, I'm a plow. I'm a proud Klansman. You know, no, I haven't gone to college in 15 <laughs> generations, and also I don't. I can barely speak English, let alone read it. And I have sex routinely with my cousin. And I have seven teeth. And I have seven teeth. Yes, <laughs> master race. You know, <laughs> like, all right, okay, ridiculous. Uh, that's very funny. I love the Church of Satan as well. Um, listeners, we're going to have a nerdy fun one today because there's too many terrible things in the world and I'm tired of talking about them for now. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to, oh, I will say this where we go into, we're going to have a nerdy episode, listeners. Um, I have officially onboarded at James Madison University. And so I got, I got to see my office in, at the university oh, yeah. and I got my parking pass and, and like they, I had to send in my bio for like the website. So I am officially professor Ethan Shear. Oh, congratulations, um, professor, yeah, man, professor. <laughs> uh, and, and so students can look me up now they can, they can be like, cool. Oh, you know, Oh, it looks like. Professor Shear is going to be my professor. I wonder what he's like. And then they can they can they can find my picture on the website. Just, yeah, put a little link to Hookah Chat so they can find out what you're really like. Chats, man. I might bring it up. I, I don't know. As I'm designing my course, I'm, I'm the course is coming together and I, I'm deciding, you know, I, it's a gen ed course, like they're all they're all gonna be freshmen. It's not my job to torture them. I don't want to torture them. I just want them to think about religion probably for the first time in any detail, you know, like, like that's yeah. the whole reason I'm teaching the course. And so I don't want to hurt them. And so I'm considering being like, well, maybe a couple of the weeks, if, if there are episodes of my podcast that I think are good, maybe I can be like, yeah, listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to boost listenership exactly exactly hey you if know? professors can sell books to their students you can push that's your exactly <laughs> right that's exactly right it's the same <laughs> thing it's the same thing and this is free so yeah man and I, i'm giving them i'm giving them plenty to you know throwing lots of bones at them for that so i'm excited it was cool to visit campus and meet the office administrator for the department and and be like oh yeah you know you i could show your office i was like oh cool you know and it's yeah, it's it's a shitty building. It's an old ass building. You know, they shove the the philosophy and religion departments in this in the shitty building, uh, which I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. And and uh, <laughs> but the office is big, you know, and I have some bookshelves. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, that, that'll be fun. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, but anyway, that's a that's a side thing that's going on. So uh, listeners, there was a bonus episode we released this week on Wednesday uh, where we where we Matt and I had a maybe a 20 minute conversation about this podcast called Batman Unburied. We talked a bit about it. It wasn't quite finished. It's finished now. And so uh, we're going to spend a couple of minutes, uh, maybe another 15 or 20 minutes. See, We'll see what happens. Um, talking about the, the, the show in general, and then just like diving into spoilers and just, just talking about what we liked no, about it's gonna it. It's going to be major spoilers. Major, major spoilers. spoilers. Um, I, I'll, I'll start with this. So like when we recorded our remarks, our initial remarks, there's only two more episodes left. The two episodes have dropped. I was very impressed with that last episode. Um, I was very impressed with the last three because oh yeah, I hadn't. The last three were the ones that really contained a lot of the poison ivy. Yeah, and uh, like I've never seen poison ivy portrayed in such a detailed and like 
understandable manner. They yeah. did such a phenomenal job setting that character up and the way they integrated it into the story, how she was kind of like the big bad sort of mm-hmm. at the end. Like it was remarkable. And the and the setup that, that they didn't even bother with her for the first six episodes. And like the last three were just it was almost like a different series almost. Yeah. But it was so good and so really well was. done. I was blown away by those last three episodes in particular. But the let you're right, the last episode was pretty fantastic. What what did you like the most about it? What what, what impressed you about it? I thought that the um, the whole episode was really good. It was just it's just a really satisfying conclusion, which is so hard. I, I think concluding things is really difficult, you know, in, in a lot of the stuff I like. But I thought this was a really satisfying conclusion. It felt really good. the The voice actor for for Batman, I think he, I think the when he is just being Bruce, I just I just love the quality of his voice. Yeah. I love the way in which. You know, he there, there's something so gentle about about his approach uh, to Bruce that that I find uh, honestly very compelling because it, it it transforms the Bruce Wayne character into into um, something you can really feel for. Right. Um, you can always feel for him because the, the the backstory is a tragic backstory, but like because the voice actor made the choice to kind of to kind of go vulnerable with Bruce and, and because the story puts Bruce in jeopardy, there's, there's something to that that I think is really, really great. But I thought the best part of the whole episode was great. I thought the best part was the opening bit with, um, with the gray ghost, the, the, the gray ghost uh, radio show at the very beginning of the episode where, where Bruce is listening, you know, it's, it's the, it's like the, like the dream he's having and he's, he's listening to the gray ghost on the radio and, you know, as if he's a little kid with his father and then like the gray ghost, you know, character begins to talk to him, yeah. you know, like, like, like I, I always love that. I, I always love the gray ghost stuff because I think it really paints back. It paint, it really adds content to Bruce's character, right? Like, like Bruce grows up with the gray ghost. He, you know, it reminds him of his family. It reminds him of a happier time. But it also sets the blueprint for the way in which Bruce like invents himself as Batman and the way in which Bruce uh, approaches, you know, how he's going to be a hero. And, and so to have and I'm pretty sure they had Adam West do it. They always had Adam West do <laughs> yeah. do um, uh, Grey Ghost when when in the animated series in the 90s, they had Adam West come in to do Grey Ghost there. And I just think it comes across really good. I think it's. I think it was just one of those emotional moments that I really liked, um, which is why I liked that last episode of time. Yeah, I just thought that the the resolution of the story was was quite well done because everything was wrapped up and buttoned up and made sense. There wasn't any loose ends. There wasn't any there wasn't any uh, roads not taken, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that Enigma got away. Yeah. <laughs> so that leaves the door open for for something else if they do another season which i sincerely hope they do another season because i really really enjoyed that uh mm-hmm. that podcast but like the last the last few episodes were very satisfying and they tied everything together very very well and uh i, I it couldn't have been done better it was great yeah it was great i, I want to talk a bit about poison ivy um because 
you know, one of the things that I am critical of, but I'm not always vocally very critical of, mostly because I don't want to be taken the wrong way. And I feel like this criticism I have can very easily be taken the wrong way. I don't mean it. I'm I'm often personally very critical of like Disney or DC or you know whatever you know the big entertainment conglomerates who who produce content uh, in their thoughtlessness over presenting diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I I I, I look at um, I think one of the most egregious examples of it in recent years is the Last Jedi. Um, the way they do diversity, the way Disney does diversity in the Last Jedi is so thoughtless. Like it's so. <laughs> It's so um, it, it's not used um, to further a story. It, it, and in fact, it, when it is used, it actually undermines, you know, some of the political, social elements, what they're going for. Like, oh, good. Black women can also demand genocide. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's so thoughtless and weird. Like on one hand, yeah, I guess Asian men and black women and, 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 you know, whatever can be generals in the in the first order and stormtroopers and can also participate in the slaughtering of, of people. I guess that's fine. Like it, it is fine, I guess, but like it, it also is thoughtless in this important way because what are they trying to say? Like, are they trying to say, oh good, girl boss, or or oh yeah, you know. That stormtrooper that just got shot was a girl. Like, right. like, I think like, what they're, they're I think what they're know? trying to do and what they're doing unsuccessfully is they're trying to say, look, we're colorblind. It doesn't matter right. what you know, what race somebody is, they can be this, that, or the other thing. But like I guess we're gonna lead into Kenobi here. Yeah, eventually <laughs> we will. Kenobi eventually here. we will. But um, you know, part of the sinisterness of the empire was that it is homogenous and it's exactly. black and white and it's kind of like <clears throat> if you're going to make the empire all black fine like that's fine sure. but they should be homogenous right like right. like i don't think there's uh, it's a hard correlation to draw you know the galactic empire with a parallel to like the nazis in the in the 40 30s and exactly 40s, exactly right like that's that's what it's supposed to emulate well there wasn't you know black stormtroopers in world war ii <laughs> why would we need black stormtroopers in you know the galactic empire and that's not to say that like um black people don't belong in star wars that's not what i'm saying yeah at exactly all. Mm-hmm. what i'm saying is the, the like the evil empire is supposed to kind of be a, you, you don't see a lot of aliens or other um entities in in the empire now you see aliens bad guys you see like job of the hut and you see like a myriad different you know scary aliens but like i have no problem with like a mace windu character in oh yeah of course jedi order that's that's fantastic you know but i i feel like that the kind of ham-fisted way that disney utilizes race and utilizes uh you know sexual orientation and things like that they're putting them in there um without any kind of cause to do it and right in an effort to say look we're we're equal opportunity you know we we don't see race 
And that kind of detracts a bit from the story because we want these. It's hard to be evil when you're that inclusive. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's really that's really what I'm trying to get at, right? Like, yeah. like, so what what happened is do they have affirmative action? Like, do they do they go to diversity trainings? Like, like what yeah. is what is happening here? It, it tells two different stories. Like, I remember reading about a, a criticism of A New Hope in the 70s uh among black folks and one of the criticisms was where are all the black people in space right and and in particular where are the black people in the rebellion and right. and and i go exactly that mm -hmm. does not make sense there that should sh be that should be there, yeah it should be wildly diverse all right. races all aliens all everybody because it's the galactic rebellion against the homogenous empire right now i'm okay with having say um, I'm going to say Grand Admiral Thrawn type characters sure, in the Empire, sure. right? Like, like, and which is why, which is why I think the hate that uh, the the black lady in Kenobi gets online is just pure racism. Like, like, oh, yeah, oh, it guys, is. It absolutely shut the fuck up. She's doing yeah. fucking great. Like, like it's, she is doing great. She's, she's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and anybody yeah. that doesn't think so, you're just being a dick. Because yeah, like, being she's, being, she's dick. fine. She's been fine. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, like that's all fine. So why I bring this up is I think that the way in which Poison Ivy is presented in Batman Unburied is exactly the kind of thing I need. Yeah. Like poison. So Poison Ivy is a lesbian. Now mm -hmm. there's lots of there's actually tons of material out there, uh, particularly starting in the 90s that reads Poison Ivy that way. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, like it is a seamless, integrated part of her character. Correct. It, and it's not. It's it's explained in her backstory. It makes exactly. sense. Like, like it all fits. It all fits seamlessly together. It's not like uh, in the Wheel of Time where I was mad about the the, yeah. the the lesbian scene in the Wheel of Time because it was forced in there. Like exactly. it was jammed in there to like have a diversity card for for them to play. And yeah. that is, I think that's more detrimental to to a movement than, than it is helping. You know, I agree but when you when you integrate it so seamlessly and so well, and it makes sense in the storyline, like it did with Poison Ivy and Batman uh, Unburied, like it's 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 a perfect representation Yeah, because it's it's not just a superficial put in there for, you know, a diversity card. It's a it's an integral part of the story and it's it's it moves the story forward. And it helps flush the character out in dynamic ways. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And, and with that, you know, one of the critiques, not for Batman and Buried, but one of the critiques I hear in like queer studies or in different things that I think is a valid critique is, is the way in which m movie villains are often queer coded. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and I actually don't think that this is an example of that because poison ivy's sexual orientation is actually her redeeming quality <laughs> like, yeah. like it's actually yeah. it's actually the part of her that makes her more human like it's the right. part of her that 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 um very very clearly and correctly um causes her to repent in her way and causes her to to have conflict and and stuff like that and so it's not um like Oh, you're gay, which means you're a villain. No, she no. she's quite she's the a opposite. Villain. It's quite the opposite, um, and <laughs> and it and it's done very well. Um, I I say this sometimes to different folks, 
you know, that I know, like it, like from seminary, I'm like, hey, man, every single thing from here on out can be gay. That's fine. <laughs> I just don't want it to be ham fisted. Right. I just, I just want it. I just want all the characters to to make sense. Like I want the story right. to be interesting, and I want the characters to make sense. I don't want a random person who we've decided after four episodes is gay. Like, like no, I. I want that person to be gay or I want that person to not know if they're gay and have right. a realization or I, I, I don't want, I don't want, Oh, there's nothing to indicate that they're gay. Oh, they happen to be gay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why, why now? Why, well, why, why even bring it up? Why even bring it up? Yeah. You know? We don't, um, we don't, we didn't ask Luke Skywalker if he was straight. Exactly. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. And, and in fact, Skywalker's sexual orientation doesn't matter at all no. for him. And and now now if it did, like like if if Han Solo and Luke were say collapsed into one character, uh-huh. then then maybe Luke's sexual orientation would matter, perhaps you know because of just the way in which Han is written, you know, as, right. as part of the love interest, right? But it didn't, so it, it actually doesn't matter what who, what Luke's like <laughs> likes to fuck. He might not yeah. like to fuck anything, and that's like totally good, you know, like whatever because he's Luke. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> with with the way in which poison ivy is presented her entire plan the stuff she does you know who she is it is so clear it's so well put together and her her relationship with her girlfriend is so is so naturally and organically a part of who she is mm-hmm. that that there's never a moment where where you can accuse the batman unburied folks of of having an agenda instead they are being like, yeah, people are gay. Yeah, this people is gay. <laughs> Welcome to the story. You know, like, right. oh, great, awesome. Because the story came first, and that's really what I'm trying to get at, right? Like, right. that's what makes Batman Unburied a good uh, product is is the characters all serve the narrative, and mm-hmm. and they're not trying to make a statement. They're they're exploring. They're telling the story. They're exploring these characters. And and it's what makes it compelling, um, and so big fan. I, I I actually when you mentioned that you hope that goes for another season, I agree. Give me a whole new story. Yep. Doesn't have to build off the first story. It's all good. Just give me another story. You know, yep. with, with same voice actors, all that would be great. All yep. that would be great. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, um, Kenobi. So you started Kenobi. I did. I got through the first three. I, I think there's a fourth one out. I haven't there, watched yet. There is a fourth one. I haven't watched it either. Um, what are your initial thoughts on Kenobi so far? Um, the The only good thing about Kenobi is you and McGregor to me. <laughs> okay, say more. Like, uh, I think he's. I, I think he's a good actor. I think he does well with the character i think that uh i'm not sure why everything has to be like an abduction in star wars like yeah. they're telling very much the same stories they don't really yeah. tell anything different um i i just it hasn't grabbed me yet i'm hoping that i'm hoping that uh it'll get a little bit more interesting but it almost seems it, it just seems like a 
I don't know if it's a, a money grab or what, but it, it seems like they're a little bit bereft of of storytelling ability. They all they seem to be looping back around into the same mm-hmm. track. And I think part of that is we already know the ending of this story, right? We already know how things are going to wind up. So they're very they're very much caged in what they can do because they they have they have to make everything match and fit, you know. The, the narrative that we already know yeah right which is where i feel like the the, the last three uh movies from the skywalker saga failed so miserably was because they had that open-endedness they had that that open canvas to paint a new yep. story on and they didn't they just you know stuck back in the same loop i feel yeah. like kenobi with the time period that it set is 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 kind of going to fall victim to that because it they can't really do anything exceptional or extraordinary because it 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 it's it's confined by the Skywalker style, right? I feel like the Mandalorian doesn't have that issue because they can they're they're free to kind of escape the Skywalker saga and kind yeah. of travel into their own direction. I feel like um, there's more potential with with the Mandalorian. Um, to tell different and unique stories, even though like Star Wars stories are just like space westerns, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. That's all they they really need to be. But um, with with Kenobi, you know, the damsel in distress and the you know kidnapping and the rescues, and it's like the same sort of thing. And I I do believe that uh, I feel like Ewan McGregor is doing a good job, mm-hmm. um, kind of. But it's 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 a difficult. Like I feel bad for Hayden Christensen to be honest with you because mm. he's stuck behind this mask. They're voicing him with James Earl Jones. Right. Like they don't have to have Hayden Christensen. They can just have anybody in that suit, right? Even like Darth, Darth Vader, unfortunately, is not Hayden Christensen. He's just not. Hayden Christensen yeah. was Anakin Skywalker, and that's gone. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? over. So, he's not coming like, back. They're all talking about how great it is to have Hayden Christensen back in and doing it and things, but like. It's, it's not Hayden Christensen. It's Darth Vader, right? Yeah. And Darth Vader was played by like four different people. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I have to agree. Um, I I like the show fine. Um, I do. I I love. I, I'm a sucker for, you know, Vader killing a, a little boy as he's walking through. Yeah. <laughs> the outer rim like i'm a sucker for that man like like anytime vader's a badass i'm like this is the greatest show ever you know i'll I'll watch it i'll watch it every day i actually think the easiest thing to do the easiest way to fix all of your problems is to uh have called it the inquisition right and just make it about um the uh the third sister and, yeah, and, or and, a, and the story of, more about Order sixty six or whatever, right? right. And and to you, make it a, make it a story about the Inquisition hunting Jedi, and right. and one of the arcs, one of the episodes, like Episode three, is holy shit, that's Obi Wan Kenobi, you know? Right, <laughs> like, like, right. We got to call Lord Vader, like like like. That's a. I think that's a much more interesting story. And the reason for this is, as you said, like. The Skywalker story has been told. It's done. It's over. It 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 it, this, it, it doesn't. It, it, not everything has to be caught up in its orbit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, Rebels handled Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi correctly, right? 
right? Like right. like Rebels ta- is is in the Star Wars universe, takes brand new characters, tells new stories with new characters, and then as the show progresses, indicates how main characters in the Skywalker saga fit in to to the story, but they're purely per- on the periphery. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're there in part for fan service, but they're there mostly just to flesh out the world. Like, right. like what it, it they're meant to to go. Okay, well, if this is a Jedi on the run, where's Obi Wan? Oh, Obi Wan's right. on Tatooine doing his thing. Oh, okay. You know, well, oh, ah- Ahsoka is here. Oh, well, where's Vader? Oh, well, there's Vader. You know, and once again, mm-hmm. Rebels was also about the Inquisitors. You know, yeah. it was about that. Like, like. Things that that you know, stories and characters that can be told on their own, that you don't, you, you you're not required to, you know, kind of dive into these already pre-established characters. I think that the whole show could essentially be fixed if if like the center was not on Obi Wan, but it was on mm-hmm. like Third Sister. And again, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a problem with you and McGregor. I think no. I, I I do think that he's doing a good job. Yeah. Um, playing an older, more, more wizened kind of more, uh, almost like fearful or, or, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say passive, but like, uh, you know, part of the thing that, that gets Jedi caught is that they, they can't help, but help people. Right. 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 And Obi, Obi-Wan's been like trained his whole life to be, you know, a Jedi and, watching him kind of struggle with not doing that and watching him kind of like, I don't think, I think that takes a really strong actor to, to portray that. And I think they're doing a good job with it. But like, like you said, with it being centered on Obi-Wan, who's such an integral part of the, the Jedi saga, the, the films uh, has such a long backstory and history with, with the clone wars and with, with rebels, like, there, there's just been so much Obi-Wan. How, where are you going to go with it? Like, what can you do that you, that yeah. you're not going to fuck something up? Like, how, how do you, how do you walk that tightrope? And I think that's what makes it kind of dangerous in a way, because they really, they really have the opportunity to blow it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they haven't yet, but it hasn't been terribly compelling yet because again, we know how it ends, you know. It's kind of like you know, watching the Titanic movie. You know, it's yeah, like, like gotta have a feeling how this one's gonna end. It's we like, know how this <laughs> is gonna go. Well, the Titanic movie is a good example, right? Like we know what this, we know the story's gonna end, which means that the only way the Titanic movie can be good is if we're invested in the characters, right? You know, because we certainly can't be invested in the plot, and and that actually is what makes the. I think that principle is what makes the Obi Wan show um, a struggle. Because it's actually a plot-driven show, right? But who gives a fuck? You know, right. like, like, like who cares? What's going to happen to Leia? Nothing. She's going to get Nothing. home to she's... Jimmy Smith's. You know, yeah, that's what's going to happen to Leia. She's going to be fine. <laughs> like, yeah, she's going to be good. It's all fine. You know, like, like, ooh, uh, oh, Owen, uh, Owen Lars is here, and is he going to turn Luke in? Oh fuck no! Of course he's not. Like, like, like <laughs> yeah. there's no tension there. Right. You know, and, you is know, he going to turn Obi Wan in? Well, of course he's not going to turn Obi Wan in. There's no tension there. Like we know right. he's not going to. And, and that's where that's where that's I guess where where I'm, that's what I'm driving at. You put a very yeah. fine point on it. That's that's right because there's no sense of danger when you know like how these characters are going to end up. When like Leia gets kidnapped, like 
we're gonna save her like there's no there's like she's gonna be fine like she's not gonna come back missing a finger or anything we saw her like she might right. get buns in her hair but other than that she's fine exactly <laughs> exactly and and that's sort of the inherent problem with with going with these established characters right like like in rebels i hate to compare it to rebels but in some ways rebels and this obi-wan show are are, are similar like like in some ways they're they have similar vibes in, in 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 a certain sense. Like part of what makes Rebels a good show is um, you have no idea what's going to happen to these characters, right? You know, and so and so, oh, they could just die because we've already established mm-hmm. that none of them are at return. They're they're not in Return of the Jedi. They're not in the yeah. New Hope. They, they could all no just one's die. Seen, no one's seen Ezra Bridger since the end of rebels right so. exactly and that would be a way more interesting live action show mm-hmm. than than you know obi-wan like ezra gets found and 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 oh there's this jedi there's this that that's cool yeah i don't know i i i think that i think that my tastes in star wars are not that complicated you know particularly after yeah. episode th- this third episode i'm like i want to watch mandalorian people Mm-hmm. that's what i want to watch i want to watch that i want to watch timothy oliphant running around shooting guns <laughs> yeah. that'd be cool i want to watch uh i even am okay with another book of boba fett if they really want to do that that's that's mm-hmm. fine it's a little weird. mandalorian 2.5 or 3.5 exactly mm, okay <laughs> and and i've realized that i could also watch a show that's just called vader where it's yes. just 30 minutes of vader going to another outer rim town and just and destroying just, it, just killing people I love left it. and right. I love it. That was my well, favorite part. That was my my favorite part of uh, of, of um, Rogue One. Exactly. <laughs> it was like like the three minutes that Vader was in it. It was the best part of the movie. Yeah, like holy <laughs> shit, you know. And and I and when when we were watching that part in episode in the third episode, I was talking to Emily, my sister in law, who lives with us. I was like, Emily, they get it. They understand everything about Vader. Like, like I could sit and talk about Vader forever because I think that Star Wars fans are particularly stupid when it comes to Darth <laughs> Vader. Like, like when Rogue One dropped and and like Rogue and like Vader made like a couple of jokes, like yeah. like during the movie, people were so pissed. Like Vader doesn't make jokes. And I was like, you're a dummy. Vader is the <laughs> funniest guy in the galaxy. Vader is so fucking funny that you don't even get it. Like, like every line he says in the original trilogy is a, is a silly joke. Like, like, like it's it's just that he's scary and everybody's yeah. like, oh fuck me, you know. Like he's too. But it's so as particularly after we've talked about this, particularly after Rogue One. Rogue yeah. One makes the opening scene of A New Hope the funniest thing on the planet Earth. Like it's <laughs> Vader. Vader watched the guy get on the blockade runner. He knows. He knows the guy's there. And yet, and yet they're still lying. They're like, well, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I think, I think what this, what this show is going to do, I hope is like, there was so much, like, obviously Vader is one of the, the greatest villains, if not the greatest villain of all time, in my opinion. Sure. And, you know, he inspires such fear and such respect and such, uh, you know, awe. from the original trilogy it's kind of nice to see how he kind of built that reputation you know it's kind of nice nice to see why everybody shakes in their boots it's not just because he forced choke an admiral it's because he can fucking wipe out a village by himself if he feels like it and he will 
and it doesn't matter if you're a kid or if you like, you know, right. and it kind right. of really drives home the point that this is a, a, a bad dude, you know? And I, I do, I do like that. Like you said, I could watch Vader just murdering things all day long. It's funny <laughs> as shit, man. It's so good. It's so good. I am. Um... <laughs> but I, but uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think that's also part of what harms the, um, the kind of tension and the threat level from the inquisitors in mm, Kenobi, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we know the inquisitors, if they're going after Kenobi are going to fail, right? We know that they are not going to be as badass as Kenobi is because Kenobi's walking around like in a Brown robe as an old man. So like, we know that the inquisitors don't win. And I think that that's what hurts like Moises Ingram. Yeah. Um, because she's 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 playing her character as this like, like kind of ruthless, almost Vader esque inquisitor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or she doesn't really follow the rules. She doesn't listen to her superiors. She kind of does her own thing because she's quite powerful and she's just gonna take what she wants. But we know that she's gonna she's she's destined to fail. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And if and if Obi Wan served the show, so if the center was was shifted to third sister, and 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 there was just happened to be an episode with Obi Wan in it, and Vader, and they had to call Vader, that wouldn't ha- it wouldn't hurt her because the right. goal isn't the goal isn't to find Obi Wan, and of course she would lose to Obi Wan, like 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 right. that's not it would be weird if she didn't. Um, that instead that adds dimension to her character, you know, and, and, right. and makes her more interesting because of that one episode of failure. But you're mm. right. If the goal, if her goal is I will find and kill Obi-Wan Kenobi, well, then it just, it just, the steam gets let out because right. of course, well, you're not going to, right. We, we know that we know that because he shows up in a new hope. Right. Like we already know that you're not going to do it. And he now, shows up, yeah. he shows up fine. In a new hope too. Yeah, he's it's not, not like he's, he's not injured. He's not missing a hand. Like he shows up and he's fine. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> um, and and you could fix that. You could solve it. So like, yeah, I mean it. Like you could solve it if you just if you just put made third sister the main character and then allowed her as a character to be the thing that made people interested in watching the show. Right. But give her some wins first, too. Oh yeah, especially absolutely. if you're gonna if, if you're gonna build her up as such a badass to go after. Like, let's face it, at this point in the in the in the storyline, is there a more powerful Jedi than Obi Wan Kenobi? I don't think so. Other than Yoda, you know. Well, yeah, but I mean, Yoda's they're not been going, a hermit. They're not on, going after Yoda, you know. Yeah, Hermit's been a he's been a hermit on Dagobah, you right. know. Like, like, is there a more powerful Jedi than Obi Wan Kenobi? No. Why don't you let her go kill some of the other Jedi? Why don't we why don't we see uh, how dangerous and effective she can be? And then when she finally meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, she makes she meets her match. No, they don't do that. They start right off the bat with her going after Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, honey, you're fucked. You're not going to win. You know, it's over. It's not. It'd be it'd be nice if they gave her some, you know. She's got to go through the undercard first, right? Before she yeah, gets yeah, to exactly. the main event, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. They should be contacting wrestling promoters to help them out here. Like, guys, you're not <laughs> thinking right. You're not thinking right. No, no, though, that, I think that's exactly true. Um, something that I do like about the Kenobi show, even as it stands right now, is, is because they're kind of leaning into um, Obi-Wan's sort of 
I'm going to say mental health. That's not really what I mean. Obi-Wan's traumatized, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like correctly traumatized, like because they lean into that. Um, it, the vibe of the show is distinct, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, this, this is a show. It's not a Western. It's not a, it's not a show, you know, it's not a politics show like Book of Boba Fett. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not Firefly plus Mandalorians, like in the Mandalorian, like it's, it, it's, it's a, it's supposed to be a character study right. of Obi-Wan. But, you know, as much as we all love Ewan McGregor and as much as we wish he didn't, you know, get a shitty script like in the prequels um is obi-wan that interesting like like really like but i mean it like really really is he that interesting like because because we know he's didn't he he didn't really train luke no you know yoda did like he didn't he he didn't win the war he he's not he he his whole purpose you know, he lost for, Vader. <laughs> yeah, he, he failed Vader. Like, like his whole purpose, uh, as far as the Skywalker storyline is concerned, is is sort of just to be the guy who's there, like to be the one constant between Anakin and Luke. You yeah. know, like like that's that's sort of it, and and that's fine. That's okay. Like like that, I'm I'm cool with it. But is he that interesting? You know, surely not. Surely not. Like. Like I'm not. He's trying to commune with Qui Gon Jinn, right? Um, you master, are you there, master? Can you hear me, master, master? I'm like, well, eventually we know he communes with Qui Gon Jinn. We know it because I've read the novelizations and I I know what mm-hmm. happens. You know, like, <laughs> who cares? Or, or the one thing that does bother me about the show is is how much he seems to have really liked Padme, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like. I didn't pick that up at all. You seem to kind of find her fucking annoying most of the <laughs> most of the show. Like, like you remind me of your mother. You yeah. knew my mom. I knew your mom very well. I'm like, you didn't not very well. Yeah, you you, you kind of despised her because she was screwing with your student. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I. They were supposed how, to hmm. slough off those you know mortal desires and and like she was standing in the way of you and your your student she kind of drove him to the dark side so yeah it just should have been written differently but that's that's always been the problem of of trying to trying to put the prequels into the main story as it stands right like mm-hmm. there's a um a, a youtube clip of uh like all the times in the prequels where obi-wan and anakin fought like little bitches and then goes all the way up until the mustafar battle where yeah. where Obi Wan just like just you know annihilates him, and then <laughs> and then and then after all of that happens, it just shows the clip of A New Hope where Obi Wan goes, and he was a good friend, <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay, he wasn't. You were not friends. Like, well, like you... they were though. If you watched the Clone Wars, I mean, they they yes, were together all true. the time in the Clone Wars. You know, like that yeah. was that the Clone Wars is a better uh, prequel. Than the the, uh, the three film trilogy, you know the, the Clone Wars really explores Obi Wan and, and Anakin in a right. way that that does the films justice. Sure. The late what the later films justice, I should say. Well, then, and and I think you're right. To which I say, why bother with the show? Why bother? Why bother with the show? Why bother rewriting it? You know, and saying, okay, yeah. well. Now, you know, 
we're, we're going to paint this picture like, or, or rather if you're going to do the show, why not? Uh, fuck it. I don't care. Why not show clips from the clone wars cartoon yeah. rather than clips from the prequels that doesn't tell us anything. Like right. we all know, you know, if we just stick with the prequels, the picture you paint is this. Obi-Wan Kenobi is guilted into training a, a kid that he didn't like. He didn't trust. <laughs> he didn't think was very cool, you know, and, yeah. and he was guilted into it by Liam Neeson, who after <laughs> fighting Darth Maul lost like a bitch, even though he definitely shouldn't have. You know, <laughs> like like I, I, I will die on that hill. I like Qui-Gon Jim, even though Liam Neeson <laughs> owned that shit in real hard. Like, like, like I like Qui-Gon Jim. We've established over and over and over how good of a swordsman Qui-Gon Jin was and how like how like really talented he was and how of a, much of a loose cannon badass he was. And he just sort of loses? He loses to Darth Maul? Come on. Like and there's never a moment where Darth Maul's like, oh shit, this guy's good. Like, like there's never yeah. that. It's you know, I'm, I'm like, bullshit. I hate it. But, um, <laughs> But like, if you just stick with the prequels, there's no reason. Obi Obi Wan doesn't like any of these people. Obi Wan doesn't like anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if we just stick with the prequels, and you know what they could do to give Hayden Christian a little Hayden Christensen a little screen time is to you know do those flashbacks from the Clone Wars and do them live action. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, that'd be a like, cool thing. They, that would make sense. Yeah, and it give them it give them some better material than doing another fucking rescue mission. That we know yeah. is going to like <laughs> you that know? we know is gonna work. And and yeah. that's the thing. That's that you're right. You are right about that. That I, I didn't really notice the rescue mission side of it. Like obviously I knew that was the plot, but I never really yeah. like put together that it was overdone. But you're right, it is overdone. It's it's it it feels safe for Star Wars, which is I think why they go for it, you know, because it's safe. It's mm -hmm. you know, even though we we paid buku bucks for Jimmy Smith's and Obi-Wan and, and, and Ewan McGregor, you know, to be in it, we, we decided to go for the safe option, which is actually kind of silly because um, uh, Jimmy Smith's is a perfectly fine actor. Why don't you just have Jimmy Smith's do shit now? Like, like if yeah. it's going to be about Leia, wh why not do shit on, on Alderaan? Like, yeah, like, like, or frankly, you know, the other op, like, I don't mean to babble about this, but I'm nitpicky <laughs> now because because I don't know why it's Leia. I I the only reason I could think of that it's Leia is so that they can you know have another name to, and that's like the 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 biggest problem with Star Wars is it can't get out of its own way. It can't get away from its own legacy. Yeah, and and you know they're using Leia because she's a plot device that people know, and it's a callback it's an un unnecessary one it's an unnecessary one because it makes me yeah. wonder it makes me wonder like you know leia was a princess on alderaan she was brought up in in high society to be a diplomat sure we see that she's got some force capabilities with her clairvoyance and her kind of her perceptive abilities and and we can see that she's kind of strong in the force but that's only because we know that she's you know the daughter of anakin right we know that going into it we didn't we don't really need to see it we kind of know that we, we we already know sure. that and like i what the fuck is jimmy smith's doing letting his daughter out of his fucking sight like his yeah. job is to like protect her from the empire <laughs> and she, right. he's not even on the same fucking planet as she is ethan <laughs> no well but that's the thing man like like i remember remember there's this moment i think it's in episode two where like of the of the show 
where like Jimmy Smith shows up at his hovel and is like, you have to rescue her. And Obi-Wan says the correct thing. No, I don't. I am here to watch Luke. Yes, I'm you doing my have job. to rescue her. <laughs> like, you are doing it, Jimmy. You're rescuing Leia. You're you're the only one I can think of to do this. So, like, what happens if I leave and then like they just gun down Luke Skywalker? Like, like what, what's the plan, Jimmy? <laughs> like, like, I but that's what I mean. Like, it should have just been the stakes should have been smaller. It should have been, I don't know, Luke gets fucking lost in the desert or or whatever and and obi-wan has to show up and be like oh yeah you know i'm just kind of a weirdo like let's get you home and and like as it's happening luke's asleep and obi-wan has to i don't know fight off scary monsters now don't do tuscans that's been overdone but like or how about how about this keep the inquisitors and just have them going after obi-wan why bring the kids into it Right. Just That's let him let it be a born identity sort of thing where like right. Obi-Wan has to flee <laughs> for his life and like defend himself against the Inquisitors and and all this while distracting them away from the kids or something. Like that's all you needed to do. You don't have to like abduct Leia for Christ's sake. <laughs> right, right. Like I, I it is just a little weird. Like the Jimmy Smith showing up. <laughs> Like, how did the plan fall apart in 10 years, Jimmy? Yeah. Like, 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 and moreover, so you're fucking fired, dude. Like, you no, you can't have her anymore. You're fired. <laughs> you're done. You have you one job. Done. You're the fucking, you're the fucking senator of Alderaan. Like, you're the leader of Alderaan, and you lost the fucking one person that we told you to keep an eye on. <laughs> right. Like, like, it's it's so weird. Well, I couldn't help it. Bounty hunters showed up. Oh, those pesky bounty hunters. <laughs> I can't believe that those pesky bounty hunters duped the kingdom of Alderaan <laughs> and stole what are you doing Jimmy like and then and then he had the audacity to show up on Tatooine and be like Obi-Wan fix this Obi-Wan's like like fuck no I'm not fixing it like, like no of course not you're the only one I can think of I'm the only one you can think of really yeah, well, everybody else is dead. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, like, like a Jedi needs to do it. A Jedi, a Jedi didn't kidnap her. I don't see why a Jedi needs to go and save her. Like, like it's 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 just it's just a dumb idea. It it, it and and I don't I don't think the poor little girl's playing last. She gets a ton of hate online. It is not her fault. She's doing fine. She's a little girl. Like like, what do you I want her to do? I don't think the actors are doing bad at all. I no, really don't the think actors the are actors fine. Are I think it's just like writing and and it's I, I i expected more from like a nerd like dave filoni yeah who i didn't i didn't think would uh allow it to sort of devolve into the same tropey sort of things yeah but maybe he's just tired <laughs> i don't know i don't know you know he know could be is. he could be like, like i think that one of the reasons he's under why... a lot of corporate pressure to make sure that like everybody recognizes what's going on and they can you know yeah sell the toys or market it or whatever. He's under a lot of Disney pressure, I'm sure. I'm sure, so right. That has to ha factor into it, too. It's the same thing that happens with, like, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Things, oh, yeah, right? good call. Like, the, good new, call. the new Jurassic World Dominion, I think, is coming out, and it's going to fucking suck. Like, it's going to suck. Like, you want to feel old for a second. I felt old. You know, the original Jurassic Park came out in 1993. 
like that was 30 years ago right? that the original jurassic park came out right i was i was uh two years old when it came yes. out. yes <laughs> so like like and now they're doing like the new jurassic park dominion with with like ellie sadler and hey, all the old Robert guys Grant, are back. all the old people that were in it and it's going to be awful oh, like yeah. it's going to be awful it's going to make a fuck ton of money because all those people are in it and it's got dinosaurs so it's going to make a shit ton of money but it's going to be like a terrible story and i think like that sort of is reigning true with with the star wars thing when you get all the kind of corporate interest in in money making the the storylines go fucking out the window because all they need to do is hit a check a few boxes oh we got we got princess leia in this one we got we got darth vader in it we got you know check 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 good produce it put it out there. right you know fuck the story forget the story you know why would leia get kidnapped by bounty hunters like why would they even want leia like what's what's the point doesn't right. matter just do it <laughs> yeah know? it doesn't matter we're trying to get we're trying to get obi-wan to come out oh and and you're familiar with obi-wan's deep and abiding relationship with jimmy smith's no <laughs> you, you, you're not so why why leia do you like know anything about who she is yeah she's jimmy smith's adopted daughter and and how is that going to bring obi-wan off i'm so confused (laughs) let's not let's not forget darth vader doesn't know that he has kids right he thought they're all dead like darth vader doesn't know that there's two kids out there the only people that know that are the rebels right or the i guess the they're, they're not technically rebels yet yeah but, i guess yeah it's like 10 years into it and so well, i don't know when but, when the rebel show started that's yeah like i don't the know when the rebel alliance maybe that's what it, they could have gone with like how did the rebel alliance form maybe obi-wan had some fingers in that i don't know the point is yeah. like there's no reason to go steal leia like there's no reason for it like what right. are you doing right it's too meta maybe that's really the problem is yeah. is that it's 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 too meta it the the theory is you know the the people who are writing the show are like we've got to get obi-wan off of tattooing doing x well who would he go and rescue he'd rescue luke okay well there's no Luke's reason yeah. there's but he's on tattooing and there's no reason for anybody to kidnap luke because as far as anybody is concerned, he is the adopted, you know, nephew of moisture farmers. <laughs> he's right. not. He's not anybody in particular. Which um, we're we're missing something here with Owen too. I mean, Uncle Owen is is the brother of Darth Vader, right? <laughs> the right. adopted brother of Darth Vader. Darth Vader. He's just allowed to like live out his life sucking vapor out of sand yeah and nobody says fucking, fucking beans Owen. like what it's fuck? fucking weird man like it's 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 really strange you know some of that stuff right we, we need to hide darth vader's son and keep him away from anything that might endanger him and allow vader to know that he exists i know let's put him with his brother yeah boy i hope <laughs> He'll never vader, look there <laughs> i hope vader doesn't visit the family homestead in tatooine otherwise he's in for a He's in for a shock. <laughs> Luke? <laughs> That's my son. You know? <laughs> oh, and you fucking idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, the master plan didn't work. <laughs> Wouldn't it make more sense to put Luke and Leo on Dagobah so Yoda could train them at babies? No. Wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. I guess not. 
I guess not. It's just it's just decisions were made, you know, as we wrap up our conversation. The thing this has always been the perennial problem with trying to interpret everything and conform it back to the original trilogy. The original trilogy, you know, and I always tell folks this whenever we whenever we end up having conversations about Star Wars, I'm always like, watch the original trilogy as if the prequels never existed. And if you watch the original trilogy that way, you you now you discover that the prequels interpret the original trilogy very weirdly. Yes. Because there's nothing to indicate that they're monk that the Jedi were an order of monks. There's nothing to indicate that like that like Vader sort of was, I don't know, aware of people like Owen Lars or or like <laughs> or like that that he had kids that were alive like like there's none none of that is sort of none of that is sort of there you know like the vader fall from grace you know illusion where anakin becomes vader the way it's talked (laughs) about is not how it's interpreted in the prequels you know it seems to be that anakin was this like really beloved good guy that through you know really horrible machinations becomes evil and that is tragic not Anakin shows up in episode two and he's five seconds away from killing the planet, you know, like, like, <laughs> which is how he's interpreted in, 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 you know, the prequels. Um, and so when we attempt to try to make it all work, we discover that it doesn't work at all. Like, like <laughs> it, it, it poses so many questions. So, so wait a minute, who are Owen and Baru? So Owen is the adopted step son of Shmi Skywalker, who is the Virgin Mary. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's implied that through the force she becomes pregnant, but the person who did that was Palpatine? Like, like uh, <laughs> huh? What? What's going on? And so, like, and Anna, well, Anakin obviously never met Owen and Brew. Oh, no, he did. He did. <laughs> how is it safe for luke to be there then it doesn't make sense <laughs> like like why wouldn't wh- huh well well i mean and then they put they put leia and alderaan oh well i mean it's not as though anakin has ever met jimmy smith's oh no he definitely did <laughs> but and we also know we've also established that jimmy smith's is very much a staunch anti-imperialist. He was not in favor of any. So, so he's already, he's already, you know, uh, an uh, enemy, an enemy. Uh, but here's the thing. No, the only reason that's a problem is because of the fucking prequels. Right. Not, it's all fine in the original trilogy. We all go, yeah, sure. I'm sure there's logical reasons for all of this. It turns out there are no logical reasons for any of this. Well, you know? there, there, there were logical reasons in your own head um, because you're just told that and you're like, okay, but whenever it's shown to you, it's like then it starts to fall apart, right? It's like whenever you see the shark and jaws, it's like, oh, it's not really right. that scary. <laughs> oh, it's not really that scary. There's really, there's really no reason. Um, this is my final. This is my final point because I do have to go. Is there, I haven't eaten dinner yet. There's no reason. There's no reason. If there is one egregiously stupid thing that sort of ruins the whole story is there's no reason why why Owen why, why Owen Lars is related to Anakin at all <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no reason he yeah. should just be some dude 
He yep. should be. He should have been a soldier. He should have been a former Jedi. He should. Yeah. He shouldn't have had any relationship to Anakin. He should have just been called Uncle Owen because they told Luke to call him Uncle Owen. Yeah. And exactly. and, and instead, he he wait. He really is. Yeah, he's Luke's <laughs> uncle. I. <laughs> if I was Vader. Those would be the first people I'd kill. Yes, like, you, like know what? <laughs> you would think you would think that a, a, a civilization that's capable of conquering conquering intergalactic space and and populating an entire galaxy would have a better witness protection program. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> you like, have like, you have literally hundreds of planets to hide these kids on. Why would you put them on Vader's home planet? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Like, all right, I'm Vader now. Um, I'm a robot man. I'm essentially a god. The Jedi have been wiped out after a generation. People won't even believe in the Force, and which is indicated by by stupid bureaucrat man who who doesn't believe that I can Force choke him in Episode Four. And, well, and and so I did, you know. Um, well, Palpatine. Um, anything you need me to do right now? Not right now. I'm going to go to Tatooine. I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. And then Palpatine went, hey, after you're done, go to Naboo and kill everybody there, too. <laughs> it might be wise because I, Palpatine, am, well, I'm from Naboo. <laughs> and we should kill yeah. all of them. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what else you should do while you're at it? Pop on over to Alderaan, will you? And take out that fucking Schmitz fellow. Yeah, take out Jimmy Schmitz. He he didn't really like me very much. Do you know who Mon Martha is? No, I don't. Oh, I, let me write her address down too. And you can just fucking decapitate her. Like, like I'm like, what? What are you guys doing? Like, like it, it's fine. Like I'm okay with him going to tat. Like I'm even all right with Luke being placed on Tatooine. Like as long as he's not being like, because Tatooine's a big planet. As long as he's not just like living in a place that vader knows where it is like like it's, it's so weird it's so weird like i i i'm gonna go visit the grave of mom you know who's right out there i buried her right there <laughs> i'm gonna go over there today like i'm gonna go visit mom's grave uh who's the kid like oh shit you know like, like wow we didn't think this through like like it's, it's so stupid oh man and they didn't have to do that you know Frankly, frankly, the show, the you know, if they wanted to follow Obi Wan around, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been on Tatooine. There's yeah. it actually doesn't make a ton of sense for Obi Wan to be there to watch Luke because, like, if if they're hunting Jedi, they're just going to try to find Obi Wan. So Obi Wan's yeah, just going to lead him to Luke. Him in like, danger. That's why. That's why I feel like if it was like a born identity sort of thing, where where it was just a story of like of obi-wan surviving and running for his life while these inquisitors are chasing him like that would have been fine it could have been compelling he could have you know had adventures and, and things to do while you know being pursued by the the inquisitors right um that would have been fine but <laughs> but now we gotta go rescue leia no no we gotta rescue leia jimmy smith jimmy smith you're the only one who can do it that is not what we decided on. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even it's not even close to what we decided on. You, we gave you Leia because you're like really good. You're like really powerful and have a lot of influence. Otherwise, we would have put Leia on some random planet somewhere. I, 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 just, I don't you know, like we did with Luke. Well, like we did with Luke. You mean you mean Anakin's home planet? 
Yeah. I know it doesn't make any sense. They yeah, might as well have given they might as well have given him to Watto the junk dealer. <laughs> like like they might as well have done that. Watto will do it. That is what are you doing? Like, like the first what are you gonna do when you become a Sith Lord? I'm gonna go kill my slave master. <laughs> yeah. You know, why why give one to Uncle Owen and make him a moisture farmer and then give the other one to like the king of a planet talk about not keeping a low profile <laughs> a, little, a little strange here but that's the other thing like like this is leia organa she's my adopted daughter oh who'd you adopt her from mm, don't ask don't tell that seems a little <laughs> suspicious seems a little suspicious hey what happened to padme amidala wasn't she the senator from naboo i don't i don't recall <laughs> all right Absolutely nuts. Friends, I, I must wrap us up. This is this is I, I could talk about Star Wars with you all day, Matt, because I <laughs> on one hand I love it, and on the other hand, I don't understand why why they do such stupid things. But but that's a fun time. Well, friends, hey, thanks for listening. This has been a really good episode of Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan. We'll see you again next time.